diary. Carlo sat beside me today. He told me I'm pretty. However, I'm fat. I eat too much, that's why. So from now on, goodbye, spaghetti. Goodbye, lechon. Goodbye, banana cue. I. Goodbye, Carlo. Merry Christmas, guys! And Dison's greetings! Oh my god, sorry about the horrible puns. Welcome to Banana Q Podcast! Yeah, we don't have a Christmas episode today because we already recorded one last September. It's actually one of our most popular episodes, so please give it a listen if you haven't done so. It's episode number three. Yeah, and even if you've already heard it before, you can still listen to it again. So, you know, it will give you the Christmas spirit just in time for next week. Anyway, we thought of a good pre-Christmas topic will be food because tis the season for eating. Leading up to Christmas, we usually have a lot of parties which end with the Noche Buena, a traditional Christmas Eve feast that we Filipinos adapted from Spain. In Spanish, it means night of goodness. At around midnight, family members dine together on traditional yuletide fare such as queso de bola, lechon, ham, fruit salad, and leche flan. So I will be talking about one of these, the Christmas ham, which is usually the star of the Noche Buena. Now ham, which is pork from a leg cut, preserved by curing, is not unique to the Philippines. So it's made around the world. But I think the Christmas ham sold in the Philippines is different from the other hams that I have seen because I remember when I was still living in Singapore, I would try to find one in the local grocery stores to bring to Noche Buena. And sadly, I couldn't find any. I think I remember one time, I just bought some random round ham. But it wasn't the same. <laughs> what makes the Philippine ham different is that it usually has a sugary glaze or syrup. Some brands even come with a pineapple ham sauce. And I remember you mentioned buying ham that wasn't Filipino style with air quotes. That it wasn't that sweet. And I remember on top, we put pineapple syrup and pineapple chunks yes. just so it becomes similar to the Filipino yeah. style. Yeah, I remember. We, we became very, very resourceful about it. Even though we did that, it still didn't taste the same. But anyway, we yeah. tried our best. <laughs> I clearly remember during Christmas time in the Philippines, most supermarkets would have pear-shaped hams ready and available for all patrons because it's it's one common item to buy and, and serve during Noche Buena. Yeah, it's like the centerpiece of our Noche Buena. Like in America, I think if they have Thanksgiving dinner or their Christmas dinner, they would have a turkey. For us, it was mm. the ham. So that's why it was very yeah. popular. What I remember is fruit salad because every... Noche Buena, we always have fruit salad. And we actually had that recently. I brought my colleagues to a Filipino restaurant here in Tokyo. It's called Ipo Ipo. So it's your traditional KTV pub where you can dine, drink, and then at the same time you can sing karaoke for Oh, free. nice. Okay. The only dessert that they serve is fruit salad. So my, my Japanese colleague was like, oh, this sounds appetizing. This sounds healthy. So <laughs> he ordered fruit salad. <laughs> And then and? when the dish arrived, it, 
it doesn't look <laughs> like a fruit salad. So in his imagination was fresh fruits, you know, apple, perhaps some Philippine mango. Mm-hmm. But no, it was inside this plastic container. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was okay. And then when he tasted it, um, probably it was, you know, on a scale of sweetness and calories, it's probably exceeding his expectations. <laughs> <laughs> so it was the typical fruit salad, was it? The fruit cocktail. Yes. Trenched in... Condensed milk and <laughs> cream. So it's not the healthiest dessert. <laughs> the name itself is deceivingly healthy. Healthy, mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's salad. Fresh. <laughs> yeah, it's salad, but like the fruits are coming out of a can, right? <laughs> it's a fruit cocktail, sometimes with nata di coco mm-hmm. and kaong. So not the fresh yeah. fruits that you would imagine. And in, in this episode, we wanted to talk more broadly Filipino cuisine. Not just, you know, the, the things that we serve during Christmas. Mm-hmm. Because I get a lot of questions like, what is a traditional Filipino food? Right. I often wonder, yeah, well, what is a traditional Filipino food? And why is it not so popular internationally, you know, com- compared to other Asian cuisine like uh, Indian food, mm-hmm. Chinese, and even Thai, right? Thai yeah. food is so popular, but Filipino food, you wouldn't see them that often. For me, my personal experience with uh, non-Filipinos who talked about Filipino food is that they found our food to be either too salty or too sweet. Mm. <laughs> That's what they said anyway. For us though, because we're used to the too rich taste, when I first moved to Singapore, I found the Singapore food to be too bland. <laughs> <laughs> so it supports the idea that Filipino cuisine is probably on the flavorful or savory side compared to the others. Yeah, probably. So whenever I I asked that question to my friends that, hey, what is your impression of Filipino food? And the first thing that would come to their mind is balut, right? Or this oh, yeah. <laughs> how do you call it? Em- embryonic duck eggs and maybe dinuguan, pig bloods too. So it's leaning towards the exotic side. Yeah. <laughs> and that's probably why it's not that popular. But I think about it like what defines food? And perhaps it's defined by the ingredients, right? Mm-hmm. And if we think about Filipino food, we take a look at what are the common ingredients, what meat do we have access to, the produce that we have as a country in the Philippines. And that would typically what would comprise Filipino food. But taking that answer alone is not enough because we've been colonized by different countries. We've had a lot of trading partners before. And somehow that also transforms what is now considered to be traditional Filipino food. Like for example, sisig. I was looking around, what is sisig? And apparently the roots of sisig It goes back to 1732. Oh, wow, that old. And the original sisig is made up of green papaya, green guava. What? Eaten with um, dressing of salt. So it's it's a fruit salad. So maybe it's the (laughs) real fruit salad. Sure. (laughs) But wait, yeah. It's usually, you know, served with garlic and vinegar. Yeah, I don't think I've ever eaten sisig with all, with those ingredients you mentioned, right? Now it's I you can't even yeah. detect any vegetables or fruits in it now. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And you will see the the transformation there because apparently during the American occupation, there's this U.S. military base in Clark, Pampanga. There's a kitchen there serving food to American soldiers. But then the Americans, they would discard internal organs. So there would be excess meat that would be discarded out of that kitchen and most noticeably pig's head. And then Filipinos would, you know, (laughs) buy them for cheap or even Uh get them for free, right? Because... 
it's yeah. actually trash or it, they, they don't need it. And so the seasick dish transformed to what we know as seasick right now. So it's composed of the skin of a pig's face, the snout, the ears, and it's it's boiled, it's grilled, it's deep fried, and then it's, it's served with a sizzling plate, right? And it would come with egg. So if you think about it, it is a very complex dish. It is a savory and delicious dish. And maybe because the ingredients, like if somebody who's not Filipino would know, oh, it's actually pig's ears, they would would be, you know, it's a little bit off-putting. Yeah, usually when you first describe it, you know, you describe what it is, they usually make a face. Of yeah. course, when they try it, it's it, they realize that it's good, but maybe you shouldn't lead with that yeah. or something. But usually I tell them up front so they know, right? It's not like you're fooling them or whatever. I don't want them to like, why didn't you tell me this was, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, for example, apparently in, in other countries, I heard in another podcast, mm. they call the dinuguan, which you mentioned, which is pig bloods too. Yes. They would usually just put it out and say, oh, it's chocolate meat. It's very misleading, right? <laughs> no. Actually, we shouldn't do that. Yeah. We, we should be proud of what it is. Yes. And that's because us Filipinos, it's part of our tradition. Yep. We, we came up with those dishes because we were resourceful. We are not the type of people who would throw away something, right? Exactly. I, I know Joko, he mentioned this in one of his specials that his mom would use a broken cup as a measuring cup for rice. So we, we always recycle, we always reuse, and most especially with food. We, we don't want to waste anything. And also, so I think a lot of Filipinos are budget conscious. You have to think you cannot just buy anything that is expensive, right? And I think the main reason why we use rice a lot is I think it started off as because it was cheap and it would make mm. you feel full easier, right? Like you have just one very small portion of say ginamus, which is a Visaya dish that is very cheap usually and just a tiny portion of that and then you could have like unlimited rice. <laughs> 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 so I think I think the reason why we probably started off with having rice is because of budget. And then eventually it just became mm. part of our culture. That's why now for almost all our meals, we eat rice. Yes, that's true. And I remember there's this celebrity chef, uh, the late Anthony Bourdain, right? He visited the Philippines quite a lot. And he mentioned that the Philippines is in the cusp of becoming the next popular Asian dish. But we're still hoping. Right now, we are still not at that level. Yeah. But what I was thinking was, what could be our breakout dish that would I, I would say become viral and eventually that would lead the Filipino dish to become mainstream internationally. The other thing that comes to mind, you know, when, when talking about Filipino food to foreigners is the lechon. Yeah, of course, that's very I wanna, popular. I talk about it. And when I was taking a look at the roots of lechon, and it's always said that, you know, we, we got it from the Spanish. Oh, okay. And apparently, the oldest restaurant that's that's been continuously operating is actually in Madrid, Spain. Mm. Um, and the name of the restaurant is Sobrino de Butin in Chavacano. You know what that means? Is Sobrino nephew? No. <laughs> Sorry, what does that mean? Oh, yeah, maybe, yeah. Okay. Yeah, nephew of Botin. So Botin ah. is this chef, uh, is this French person. And right. Then, okay. So it's the nephew of Botin. And the restaurant has been operating since 1725. That is super <laughs> old. 300 years. And I don't know how true, but the owner says, you know, the fire that's burning in the firewood oven of Sobrino de Botin has never been put out since 1725. So Whoa, seriously? Really? Okay. I don't know. I mean, that's probably his tagline to entice more. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, probably. People, I bet, patrons, yeah, maybe yeah. somebody accidentally did at several points, but of course they wouldn't <laughs> tell him, right? <laughs> and then, why did you do that? Okay, this is our secret. 
<laughs> okay. Probably. And, mm-hmm. and why I took notice of that restaurant is because their popular dish is mm-hmm. what they call cochinillo or roasted suckling pig. Oh. So it, it is similar to lechon. The only difference is cochinillo is, you know, specifically suckling pig or the piglet. They would open it up and then they they would roast it in a firewood oven. So it's different from what we do because we would skewer the pig and then, of course, put a lot of herbs and spices and then cook it in like a rotisserie style uh, with charcoal. I like lechon personally, especially in Cebu. It's very flavorful and the texture, you have the crispy skin and then the meat is so tender and juicy so it is a very very delicious dish but the problem with that is it's hard to claim it as a filipino dish because you know it has its spanish roots and it's not just us it's not <laughs> just in the philippines it's also popular in a lot of other countries so even though for me it's nice but it's hard to claim it as our own the, the roots are from somewhere else but you could still say it's a filipinized version right like like lechon is mm. still unique in a way because of what ingredients we use, like what herbs mm, do we usually probably. have, lemongrass, and I'm not sure what's actually in there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. some of them are trade secrets, like uh, lechoneros wouldn't share all of the ingredients that they use. Yeah, and for, for other people, like for example, in Singapore, they also do have roast pork, but it's usually the chopped mm. version, not the whole pig. But usually, yes, uh, non-Filipinos actually do like lechon. And in fact, uh, in Singapore, uh, there's a place called Don Lechon that is quite popular. And we used to order from there a lot. And when my former flatmate, Chema's manager, found out about this from her posts, I think, so he... He actually drove down there in his motorcycle just to buy lechon. And he's Singaporean. Wow. <laughs> I hope it was worth it. Yeah, I, I guess so. I, he liked it. Well, how about you, Dee? What do you think is a traditional Filipino food that would be our breakout food? I actually don't know if I would consider adobo to be our breakout food. But I think it would be one of the more palatable dishes that we have. Mm. Sometimes it's been considered the unofficial national dish in the Philippines. Not because it's like the best tasting one we have necessarily, but because it's the most common one, I guess. Yeah. Everyone has tried adobo in the Philippines, whether you're in Luzon, Visayas, or Mindanao. I guess that would be my pick. So maybe let's talk about the history of adobo a bit. Mm. When the Spanish first explored the Philippines in the late 16th century. So this is older than the sisig in that lechon, mm. right? <laughs> uh, yes. They encountered a cooking process that involved stewing with vinegar. So the Spanish mm. referred to it as adobo due to its superficial similarity to the Spanish adobo. The Filipinos, I don't think we know about the other adobos, just our own, but actually the Spanish and the Latin American adobo apparently have chilies, paprika, oregano, or tomatoes, mm. which is something that we don't have in our adobo at all, right? <laughs> Yeah, definitely no tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, very strange. So we use ingredients that are native to Southeast Asia. So we have vinegar, soy sauce, black peppercorns, yeah. and bay leaves. So there are numerous variants of the adobo recipe in the Philippines. The most basic ingredient of adobo, though, is vinegar. You would also arguably say that it's soy sauce as well. But actually, no, surprisingly, so there's a rarer version without soy sauce, which is known as adobong puti or white adobo, Ooh. which uses salt instead. <laughs> have you tried this? I haven't tried that at all. It apparently contrasts with adobong itim, or the black adobo, which is the prevalent version. But I don't think I've ever heard of black adobo as referred to as that. It's just adobo, right? Just adobo, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe, yeah. But actually, the adobong puti is the closest to the original version of the pre-Hispanic adobo. Because soy sauce actually comes from China, right? So our ancestors, yeah. before the Chinese came, they were just using salt and vinegar. And I agree with that because going back to our premise that we Filipinos don't want to waste food. And, mm-hmm. you know, historically, I would argue that vinegar and salt, they are common preservatives yes. of meat. And to extend the life of meat, we would perhaps marinate it first with those ingredients. And then if we want to cook them, yes, we can. And then, you know, it extends the life. It's very good preservative. You're right. It was an indigenous way of preserving our food. Mm. Yeah, aside from adobo, what else do you think is something that you would like to showcase to other people? I, I would say kare-kare mm-hmm. because it's it's rather unique, right? The distinguishing factor of kare-kare is the sauce. It's peanut sauce. Mm-hmm. Actually, I haven't tried any other dish that has peanut sauce on it. Apparently, kare-kare, the history about it is th- there are three versions of history of kare-kare and I don't know which one's true, so let's go over them. The first one is it originally came from Pampanga. You know, somebody in Pampanga created the ingredients and eventually became the kare-kare. That's the first one. The second one is very old, historical, pre-Hispanic era, wherein it's a kind of regal meal for the Moros. So oh. it's like a royalty dish. But it's just that. There's no backing. There's no historical evidence whatsoever. It's just written in text. But the third historical version, which I find interesting, is during the British occupation of Manila Mm -hmm. and there were southern Indian soldiers who was in the Philippines and they were looking for ways to recreate their favorite curry and we don't have curry masala we don't have the spices that would typically they would use to create that dish and so they used peanut in exchange of of the curry as a substitute and that became the kare-kare that's why it's called kare-kare right (laughs) because it's curry-curry similar to in Bisaya in Bisaya if it's something that's not true we, we say it twice tarak like, tarak 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 <laughs> balay 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 so it's not true right so huh. curry uh, kare kare it's not curry but it's you know <laughs> <laughs> okay maybe that that could be it actually that's probably the more interesting and probably true version mm. who knows we, we cannot tell really but I, actually I don't yeah. even recall eating kare kare all that much in Mindanao where I grew up so I'm not sure that Moro version is real or maybe it's so rare that that is why we didn't really get to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's only exclusive for the monarchy. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of lean towards that idea because if you think about it, there's not a lot of peanuts that are locally produced in the Philippines. It's probably, you know, one of those, like pili nuts, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of those ingredients that were traded during the galleon trade or wherever with our trading partners before. So if, if it's a rare ingredient before, mm-hmm. then chances are it was a regal dish. It's only served for royalty. But I, I like kare-kare personally because it's just bizarre. Like <laughs> to me, it has the likings of a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it reminds me of mm. that experience. And, and and you like bagoong, right? It's usually yeah, served with bagoong. Yeah. So it has that twist as well. So I'm hoping that kare-kare would make it internationally. You have a point, right? Actually, curry is one of the most popular dishes in the West that is non-Western. Like, for example, in UK, apparently their favorite food is Indian food. And it's usually curry. So ah. maybe you can, you know, launch a kare-kare store in UK <laughs> and someone would randomly wander into it thinking it's, oh, curry, curry. And <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Sorry, it's not curry. 
But we do have our own chicken curry, right? In the Philippines. Yeah, yeah. And the, it tastes very different from the Indian chicken yeah, curry. Yeah, it doesn't taste like them at all. I think it's because of it's the sizes. Yellowish and the spices. Yeah. Right? The spices that are available mm. in India is very different from the spices available in the Philippines, probably. I mean, the closest curry to our chicken curry would be the butter chicken curry. of. Our curry is not sweet, right? Is it? Suddenly, I don't even remember what our curry tastes like. Um. <laughs> Uh, you're right. Our, our, ours is probably more on the savory side yeah. compared to the... But but I, I, I suppose there are curries in India which would taste more similar to that. But I don't think similar, it's the buttered yeah. chicken. The buttered chicken is like a sweet curry. And that is why I like it mm. because I'm Filipino and I like sweet stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but you we know... We should have that, D. The what? We, we should have a breakout dish that's catered to a specific geography. I think th- that's probably why we fail at, oh. at, at introducing our dish because we're not very flexible yes <laughs> take a look at fast food mm-hmm. right whenever mcdonald's goes to a territory they would change their dish a little bit so that it caters to you know the local taste yeah don't get me wrong we, we do have trailblazing chefs in north america in the u.s and canada who tried their own modern versions of our food in the hopes that it would be successful it would be uh, more palatable to the taste of non-filipinos but yes uh, we, we do need more push and we need more exposure we need more of those kind of people so that you know eventually we would find our spot internationally yeah actually you're right so maybe one last dish that i could talk about i guess would be Sinigang. Ooh, I like sinigang. So sinigang is a Filipino soup or stew characterized by its sour and savory taste. So sinigang is most often associated with tamarind in modern times, but it originally referred to any meat or seafood cooked in a sour and acidic broth. Mm. And when I'm talking about this, I am feeling like, you know, the sides of my... (laughs) Yeah, me too. Salivating, right? Yeah, I'm salivating because we're talking about something sour. Anyway, other variations of the dish derive their sourness from other souring agents, which include unripe mangoes, citruses, which includes a native calamansi, santol, bilimbi, or the kamyas or iba. But of course, nowadays, people usually just use seasoning powder with a tamarind base. Ah, yes. Uh, when I cook sinigang, I don't think I've ever used any of those things. Natural <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I would just buy nor sinigang. coming yeah. from nor. Yeah, nor sinigang <laughs> mix, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so anyway, sinigang typically uses meat or seafood stewed with that souring agent. And then it also has other vegetables in it. And the uh, ones that are commonly used are okra or white radish or water mm. spinach or the kangkong. So what about you, Ray? Do you cook sinigang or if your wife cooks sinigang, what does she use? In Japan, we don't have access to Philippine produce. So we would just look for substitutes. And we typically would find sayote or Japanese version, of course. But the ultimate factor is the sinigang mix. Yes. So go to a Filipino <laughs> store and look for nor yes. sinigang mix. And yeah, that would fix everything. Yeah, regardless. regardless we don't, we're not using any of the Philippine produce, but that would make it Filipino. Exactly. Same thing for me as well. Like in Singapore and in Hong Kong, same thing. I would just find any leafy vegetable in the supermarket and, you know, include that with tomatoes and meat. Mm. And that's it. That's sinigang, right? (laughs) 
right. <laughs> so it's really good that you mentioned sinigang because now that you mentioned sinigang, right, I kind of thought that so lechon is pork, karakara is beef. So because of the choice of meat, we are probably alienating certain segments of the population, right? So lechon or Muslim friends wouldn't be able to eat them for karakare. Hindus wouldn't be able to enjoy them. But sinigang is more flexible because you can either use seafood, pork, beef, whatever it is. You, you can even use lechon. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I think it does have the potential of breaking out because meat-wise, you are flexible. Yeah. You can serve it in the same kind of broth taste, like the sinigang flavor, but then you would have different uh, meats. Oh, and maybe because veganism is becoming popular globally nowadays, you could even have a vegan version, right? Like just ah, no meat. Yes. And we, we need more of that, actually. Like we've, we've talked about this before and a lot of our vegan friends don't actually appreciate coming <laughs> to the Philippines because there's just no. nowhere to go. It's so hard to find a vegan dish in, in the Philippines. I'm sure there are options. I have a Filipino mm. friend who is living in Manila who is vegan and she said there are options but I think yeah there's a thing you don't know where it's not very accessible mm. because the thing is if you go to the Philippines and just go and order a salad mm. it's not going to be the salad that you expect it would probably still have some kind of meat in it. <laughs> Bacon bits. Yeah and- <laughs> or if someone is not vegan but they're just trying to be healthy and they order a salad one of her former colleagues mm. had that experience and finally she found a salad in a menu somewhere and she was well Oh, finally I can order salad and it came with like gelatin chunks and she said how is this <laughs> healthy <laughs> um <laughs> why yeah exactly so yeah I guess we need to be more inclusive I think I find that maybe that's why as you said you think that the reason why we haven't really broken out is because our food is really not that inclusive mm, yeah. yeah because like in some countries like Australia right when I went there last year I noticed that most restaurants you go into there's a lot of options gluten-free vegan etc Philippines you don't really have those options like you take whatever I want you to take that's it You're, you're right. Yeah. I, li- I like that mm-hmm. idea. And, and probably because uh, aside from being inclusive, Sinigang also has the potential of being presentable mm. because you can put vegetables, greens aside from the meat. And if you look at the other dishes that we, we talked about, like kare-kare, dinuguan, sisig, they're not the most presentable dish. But Sinigang, I think, has that potential. Yeah, you're right. Like, you know, you could put something that's interesting in it, like salmon, maybe. Yeah. So that would appeal to people because a lot of people like salmon. Yeah, shrimp. That's also appealing. And maybe they can also make it not as sour because usually... We like it very sour. I think I remember I brought two of my teammates to my house in Singapore and Gemma cooked sinigang for them. And she made it not as sour, but they still found it sour. And I said, that's actually not as sour as I want it to be. (laughs) And like, really? (laughs) It's very sour. maybe we can do that. We can do a sourness level similar oh. to how Indians would have the spiciness yes, yes, level yes. in their curry, right? Yeah, that makes sense. So what's your sourness level? Is it <laughs> Do you remember that commercial TV commercial of Sinigang and then that person would make this very very I sour don't remember face? this. It's the it's a Philippine commercial, I suppose. About North Sinigang? I forgot. So maybe we can pattern the the sourness level based on his oh, face. Oh yeah. Like his face <laughs> That's is a like good the, idea. The most sour and then <laughs> Yeah, like you know, the the one would be like Okay, he's smiling or something. And then the, the mm. level five would be he's like really making a sour face. Yeah. Gotcha. That, that would be cool. In Philippines, we just like 
sour food. It's not just the sinigang, mm. right? We have the paksil, which is mentioned. Adobo has vinegar yeah. in it as well. And not just the main dishes, right? Our snacks also. Mm. Green mango sweet bagoong. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not common in Singapore. And then we also mm. have other things like santol or the iba or kamyas mm. or the tamarind that we just sell as street food. We have a lot of gotcha. sour, sour fruits. Now that you mentioned that maybe our food is sour. Like if somebody asks me, hey, what is a traditional Filipino food? It's sour. <laughs> oh, yeah. Really? So it's not really salty or sweet as we thought. Our breakthrough, sour. Our breakthrough <laughs> for this episode is that it's sour, guys. <laughs> and maybe and, that... and of course, you know, we're really hoping mm-hmm. that someday, hopefully soon, our food would break out internationally. And if, if there are chefs, if there are restaurateurs listening to this podcast, we would invite you, right? D and I, we are not properly equipped to talk about Filipino dish because we we're not chefs. We didn't study. Our exposure to food is just by consuming them. So if you're listening to this and you, you want to share your experience, you know, trying to break out Filipino food, maybe you're living in Canada or America, please reach out to us. We would be happy to talk to you, right? Yeah, of course. So those were our breakout food. And maybe let's talk about food that are regionally different. Because Philippines, again, is, is an archipelago. We have 7,000 islands. There's no one way to cook adobo, for example. There's yeah. <laughs> each island, perhaps, or each barangay probably will have something different that would distinguish it to make it their own style of that dish. And and one example of it that I can think of is the humba of the Visayas. And incorrectly, people would assume it is the adobo of the Visayas. Mm-hmm, but it's not, and, is it? And I thought of it as, as like that as well. But apparently, it has a very different roots. So humba came from Hokkien immigrants, so oh, coming from China, okay. who went to the Philippines, and they have this dish called red braised pork belly, or what they also call hongma, or hongba. Oh. So, hongba, then it became humba. Okay. If you compare the traditional hongma, or hongba, of the Hokkien people, it's now very different in the humba, because it's, it's, it has evolved. So if you take a look at humba, the ingredient it's pork belly as the meat and then you would put soy sauce vinegar peppercorns garlic bay leaves so like (laughs) those are adobo but what makes it different is the fermented black beans Mm. and then sometimes we would sweeten it with pineapple Mm, uh, so like the ham and chunks yeah mm-hmm. similar to the mm-hmm. ham and if you don't have access to pineapple we would typically use brown sugar to sweeten the oh okay the and that's interesting that it's yeah. not really adobo but it actually came from that hong, hongba that you mentioned actually hongba bao is one of my mm. favorite shopaos in singapore <laughs> <laughs> And you're right. It is. It, it maybe that's why I like it because it's it's similar to humba. So it's the pork belly, mm. as you mentioned. It's a mm. bit sweet and it's but it doesn't have a sour profile at all. It's just uh mm. soy sauce and some sweet stuff. And yeah, I like it. Again, it's Filipino. That's why it's sour. <laughs> so this is a very good break breakthrough that we've had. <laughs> it's a good discovery. Okay, sure. How about you, Di? What's what's the um, regional food in Zamboanga? Okay, so for me, I think it would be sati that is unique. So mm. yeah, sati is not satay, <laughs> but I think they're relatives. <laughs> but, 
because uh, sati is a Muslim dish, so sate is a Malay dish. So probably they have the same roots as well. But I cannot yeah, find yeah, any yeah. article about sati. <laughs> I guess because, you know, it's a Mindanao dish and nobody really wrote about it. But it's a common food in Mindanao. So its main ingredients mm. are small pieces of beef skewered and grilled on hot coals until it becomes red-black in color. Mm. And then this is eaten together with rice cooked in coconut leaves and then drenched mm. in red-colored spicy sauce. So I guess it's like a curry, but it's just very, very, very spicy. For me, anyway. Okay. So it depends on the people's spice yeah, profile. I, I probably won't enjoy that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But people in, in Sambuanga, the Muslims usually, they would eat it for breakfast, apparently. My favorite place was called Jimmy's Sati. I hope they're still around. I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, as I said, uh, it's probably a relative of satay because they're both involve meat that is skewered, you know, like barbecue. Mm. Yeah, but it's just that the satay uh, has a peanut sauce instead. So I don't know, yeah. maybe somewhere along the way, someone wanted something spicy instead of a peanutty sauce or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> and the satay is also smaller. So maybe it's also a product mm. of, oh, we don't have enough. So let's just use tiny pieces. And then they put rice. Could it be that? satay is a regal dish and then the peasant version <laughs> is the sati. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have the peanuts yes. similar to the kare-kare. It's a re- moro regal dish and then oh, yeah. it's, it's smaller in size. Maybe you're right. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone listening to this who knows, please correct us. Let us know. Yeah. Let us know. So actually, it's the peanut that makes something regal. <laughs> Mm. Sure. Now I will look at peanuts differently. Like if I eat peanuts, I'm not going to take it for granted. I will feel I, right now, I am eating a regal dish. But that's a really good point, though. Mm-hmm. You mentioned, you know, the regional food of Zamboanga has influence w- with our Muslim neighbors in Malaysia. And it's very different. Like, we don't have sati in, in Cebu. Yeah. And in the Visayas, because we are made up of a lot of smaller islands, that's probably why most of our dishes are mostly, you know, seafood. Uh, we like shrimp. We like fish and all that mm-hmm. because you know regionally we are comprising of a lot of islands and if you look at Luzon mm-hmm. the, the food that they have is mostly you know red meat beef chicken and uh, fresh water oh bangus oh, yeah you're so right it is it is rather interesting right that that because the three regions of the Philippines mm-hmm. Luzon Visayas Mindanao geographically is different we have different exposures and and to that, that defines our regional food as well. We have different inclinations or influences. Yes, you're right. Yeah. With I, our dishes. In Mindanao as well. I mean, Sambuanga specifically. We also had more seafood because we, we are a coastal place as well. So you're right. Mm. So so Filipino food is such a huge part of us that, you know, when, when we left the Philippines as OFWs, wherever we see Pinoy food abroad, we always get excited about it, which was the conclusion of our Jollibee episode. Yeah, and you know that famous question that goes, if you're on death row, what would you request as your last meal? <laughs> I would probably say adobo, <laughs> even though funny enough, while I was in the Philippines, I took that for granted. Because, you know, mm. it's it's just there. It's common. It's like, nah, I, adobo again. You know what I mean? <laughs> but now, I think adobo is my favorite food. I didn't even realize it. <laughs> what about you, Ray? Mm. What would you request as your last meal? I'd probably be cheeky about it. Like, if it's my last meal because I'm gonna be executed, I'll probably look for a dish that's hard to find. <laughs> 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 like, 
So there's this dish in Palawan that made out of worms coming out of mangroves. That sounds disgusting. Are you sure that's what you want? <laughs> Kinilaw na tamilok. Okay. So it's a woodworm usually found in Palawan. So that would be a cheeky answer, right? Because, you know, it would extend my... <laughs> <laughs> my sentence. I don't think they would allow you to do that. Probably I will quest uh, a traditional Cebuano dishes like Chinese ngoyong. Mm-hmm. I know there's Chinese in the name but it's actually a food in Cebu. Shomai satisa and I would pair it with hanging rice or poso and if I'm still not full I'd probably eat Filipino style spaghetti as well. Spaghetti again. Okay. Yes. <laughs> For dessert I would get Halo Halo from Oh Razon. yeah, oh my god, Halo Halo, yeah. Don't you miss that? And speaking of Halo Halo, the ube ice cream in the Philippines is different. So far, all the Halo Halos I've tried in Singapore, their ube ice cream is very pale. It's not really ube ice cream, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so Probably because ube is not found in Singapore. Yeah, That's yeah. They, they, they don't know what ube is, yeah. Else. They have yam, but they just put coloring. Maybe, probably that. <laughs> so I guess that's it. Let's probably ask this question as well to our listeners. Like, if you were to request for your last meal, what Filipino dish would you request? And let us know. Send us a note. All right. That's it, guys. Bye. Bye. And Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas. <laughs> yes, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>